Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the fourth Sunday of Lent. Well, here we are. It's the fourth Sunday of Lent. And as we journey into this Sunday, it's a rejoicing Sunday because we hear the story of the prodigal son, which is great news for all of us. And it's a story where we can relate to a lot of different different aspects. So as we enter into Lent, I just want to encourage you to really see yourself in the story, to really see God as He is. It never gets old. We just had a retreat a few weeks ago here in Anago with the men, and we went over the prodigal son with a documentary called The Heart of Man, which I'd highly recommend checking out. Just go online, look up The Heart of Man, uh, either buy the DVD or buy the book or watch it online. It's a phenomenal retelling, modern retelling of the prodigal son. So we can truly know, know the heart of the Father, which is what Jesus came to reveal to each of us. As we journey, always, I always encourage you, you know, get out your Bible, pray with other people with the scriptures, show them your love of Jesus, be unashamed in your love of Jesus, and pull out your catechism and call upon the Holy Spirit to lead you as we pray with this Sunday's gospel, which comes from the gospel of Luke chapter 15. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying of hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him, and filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. 
he became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I have served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. What a beautiful gospel. You could just meditate and meditate because it, it gets so many things right that we get wrong. And we even hear you know, as tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near and then the, the Pharisees murmured. And just that murmuring, like when you look at your own life with this particular gospel, do you judge people that come to church or stay away from church? Or do you go out and reach out to those who are downtrodden, those who are the outcasts, and do you eat with them? Because to eat with someone is table fellowship. It's an expression of friendship and acceptance to lead to the deeper wedding feast of the Mass. We're called to the true wedding feast, to be at the table with our God and our friends. The Pharisees are scandaled that Jesus ate with people of low respect. But the following parable of the, of the prodigal son indicates that God does not simply welcome penitent sinners. He seeks them out. And you and I are called to be the heart of God in, this, in our communities. And Jesus uses parables to teach people, to help us understand, to help us get it. The parable of the lost sheep in a pastoral culture Every sheep of one's flock was valuable. Every sheep. And shepherds would naturally rejoice when a stray one was recovered. So Jesus, remember, he is the good shepherd who restores us to friendship with God the Father. And allegorically, Jesus is the shepherd who recovers lost sheep, the lost sheep of mankind, hoisting it on his shoulders. That signifies how he takes upon himself both the nature of man and the heavy burden of man's sins. And when Jesus began this particular parable, he says, there was a man who had two sons, and if you knew your Jewish heritage, you would have been thinking, ah, we know this story before, but Jesus actually changes it. Jesus changes the story. So the parable of the prodigal son reveals the boundless glory of God and his mercy. Though our sins offend the Father, He is ever willing to show us compassion. He never stops. He always wants to restore us to family life to bring us back to the table. So in many ways, the parable narrates the continuing struggles of the spiritual life. Can you relate? Those continuing struggles of conversion, repentance, and the ongoing process of being a son or a daughter of the Father. But at another level, the parable narrates the exile and the eventual homecoming of historical Israel. So think of King Solomon. So Israel split into two kingdoms, becoming like two brothers living side by side in northern Israel and southern Judah. So if you look at 1 Kings 12, Palestine is there. 
and by the 8th century BC, the Assyrians had carried off the northern tribes of, a, of Israel into a far country where they forsook God and worshipped idols, a sin that prophets called harlotry. But in the New Covenant, God welcomes home his exiled son by lavishing him with his mercy and restoring him to full sonship. See Ezekiel 37 or even Hosea 11. Who do you know that needs to hear that? That our God is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. He is the Father that you and I all desire. And He has boundless mercy. And to even go to Him and kind of spit in His face and to say, give me my share of property. I'm just going to blow it. The Father gives us free will. But He's also going to let us feel the weight of being separated from Him. And for somebody to, in the Jewish culture, to be eating with swine or desire swine's food, they couldn't eat pork, right? So he's so low, they have his feet of swine. And since Jews considered pigs unclean animals, which you can read in Leviticus 11.7, only the most desperate conditions would force the son to take this disgraceful disposition. So working for a Gentile employer, not good, he would be expected to violate the weekly Sabbath as well. See Exodus 28 through 11 for that. And then when he came to himself or when he woke up, he had this thought of how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and here I perish with hunger. Spiritual hunger, physical hunger, it's all there. He says, I will arise and go to my father's. I'll get up. And just think of the father sees him in the distance and runs to him. And even the word where the father ran and embraced him, the the Greek there is he literally fell upon his neck. The father draped himself around his son. And the actions of the father recall the mercy shown to Jacob in Genesis 33 verse 4. And even shows the joy of family reunion in the patriarchal, patriarchal narratives in Genesis 45 and 46. And he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He's going to confession. He's confessing his sins. And the Father, after his confession, brings him the best robe, which is his robe of baptism. He puts it on him and puts a ring on his finger to remember, You are my son. He put shoes on his feet and these symbols of honor and authority from Genesis 41, Esther 3, and 1 Maccabees 6. And these shoes, so household slaves normally went barefoot. But the father refuses this for his son, restoring him instead to family membership to come back to the the table. And he says, my son was dead and he is now alive. This transfer of covenant status from the curse to blessing Curses separate us from God and blessings free us. It's a restoration from the spiritual death to eternal life. But there's also that elder son who's kind of like you and I when we get jealous of others. We wonder why are they here? But the older brother's grumbling, his mumbling signified the bitterness of the Pharisees who wrongly saw God's acceptance of sinners as a violation of covenant justice. But the father 
in the parable is innocent of such a charge. He is simply forgiving and loving his son who recognized his errors, which you and I need to do, in turn, repent, which we heard last week, to our Father for mercy. And not to get jealous, to know that the Lord says to his, through his son, other son, son, you're with me always. All that is mine is yours. And you know, if you're on that path of holiness, the temptation can be, can be to get jealous of others, of seeing others blow it. But know that when we see somebody who is dead to come alive, we must share in their, in their joy. We must share in the Father's heart. So as we celebrate Rejoice Sunday, this Sunday for Lent, I'm going to play a song for you by Luke Spihar, who again will be here this upcoming Sunday, the 7th, um, at St. John's in Anago. I'll play a song called Love songs and lullabies, just to lift you up, to know that we have a Father who is full of mercy, who loves it when we run to Him in confession. And He's waiting for all of us to repent daily and to turn to Him in the sacrament of confession often. Make it a goal. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't believe we met by chance I can see the work of his hands Somehow I just know we'll find a way through I can see we both have dreams Running fast and wanting to sing but I will set mine down to pick them up with you Or we can chase after yours if you want us to I've never been good at singing love songs But good night lullabies What I know is when the sun But I still need you and that's okay Truth be told, that is something I have not always been able to say Yes, there'll be some hard days too When the sky's gray or we're feeling blue But I still want to spend those days with you
comes first and I have to go Before I leave I want you to know You have already made me a better man Until that time comes you'll have all I am No, I've never been good at singing love songs or good night lullabies What I know is when the sun comes up I wanna be right by your side 